Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 23. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version updated. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the day the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the Magi. Then what had been spoken to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. After being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for a new year. We thank you, O oh Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house on this first day of the year, declaring our faith, declaring, O oh Lord, that we love you, declaring that we want you to be with us throughout this year. Lord, we ask that you will speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed, that as we receive it, that it will speak to our need of you this morning, and that it will lead us in our faith. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture for Matthew today picks up right after the visit of the Magi. So I have to clear that up because it says after they left. But if you haven't read the prior section, you don't know that the people that left were the Magi. They had just come. They had told Mary and Joseph what had happened with Herod. They had come bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they had been warned by God not to return to Herod. So they chose to go home another way. They chose to go home through another route. They avoided going back to the palace and telling Herod where they had found Jesus. So much had happened at this point in Joseph's life. And we have to understand that his life got turned upside down in a matter of a very short period of time. He was engaged and got married to, to, to Mary. He had a new baby boy, and he was still trying to figure out what his future was going to be like. He had no idea what lay ahead for him. He was over in Bethlehem, as we know, for the census, and he had stayed there with Mary. 
because of their newborn child. They probably didn't want to travel back home with a brand new infant because back then there wasn't, you know, a train or anything. They would have had to do days and days journey. So they probably wanted to wait to do that. And he had found out through the revelations given to Mary and through the revelations of the Magi and through the revelations of the shepherds that this was no ordinary baby. That the baby that he was fathering was actually the son of God. His name was Jesus, which meant that he would come to save us from our sins. Can you imagine the pressure of being the father of the son of God? Just right there and then, you know. I mean, I would have bubble wrapped the baby and I would have, you know, baby secured the whole place to make sure he didn't hit himself against anything because I didn't want to be the one that would have to turn to God and go, yeah, you gave me Jesus and I messed that up. We know later on they lose Jesus in the temple and that must have killed Joseph as a father. But can you imagine the pressure that Joseph was feeling to protect Jesus, to raise Jesus so that he could fulfill his destiny to save the people of Israel, to save the whole world, in fact. Can you imagine the pressure of knowing that he has no idea how his future is going to turn out and that he's got to figure all these things out going forward? And what he knows is that God has incredible plans and purposes for this baby but even he doesn't know what all of them are. He has no idea all of the things that Jesus will do in his life. Well, before Joseph could return home, maybe he was already planning on his return trip and what he was going to do next and so forth. The scripture says that he goes to sleep and he has a dream. And in that dream, an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, get up. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Now, panic would have been my reaction. I would have been like, what? What are you talking about? We, we just had this baby. We, we're over here in a foreign place because, remember, they came all the way from their hometown to come here to, to be registered for the census. They have no family and friends around. They have no support system. There's not a support group for the parents of godly beings. You know, there's, there's nothing for them there. There is nothing to support them. And they get this word that they need to get up, take the child, take the mother, and go to Egypt because your child's life is in danger. Now, for those of us that are parents, we understand that when the life of our children is in danger, we will, we will do whatever it takes to defend our children, right? I mean, we will go to the ends of the earth for our children because we love them that much. But just imagine Joseph, who knows that this child is the child of promise, the promised Messiah, the Son of God. The urgency to take care of this child must have been even greater so much for going home and making a life with Mary as he had planned. The scripture says that right then he took the child, he took the mother by night, and they went to Egypt and remained there until Herod's death. He didn't, he didn't even think about it. He simply reacted. 
He woke up in the night after his dream and immediately acted on the command of God. How do we react to changing times when things don't go according to our plans? Are we that quick to respond to God's instructions? Usually I would say, no, we don't respond that well. We tend to complain. Sometimes we go kicking and screaming, right? Yeah, God, I'll do it, but I'm not going to be happy about it, right? We, we complain, we go kicking and screaming, and sometimes we try to argue with God why we shouldn't do what God wants us to do. The reality is that Joseph had time for none of this. The angel had told him that Herod was coming for Jesus. And the time to leave was not tomorrow, was not next week. The time was now. It was a matter of life and death. Get out now. So what did Joseph do? He responded with radical obedience. The same radical obedience that led him to marry Mary. When she was pregnant with Jesus, before they were even married, the same obedience that led him to continue in this relationship and to trust that God had a plan for how things were going to work out. I suspect for Joseph, obedience was a guiding principle throughout his life. It was something that he knew that he could trust because he trusted God who was giving the instructions. Joseph chose to be obedient to God. He was basically, if God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it, no matter how far out, no matter how difficult, no matter how life-changing it might be, I'm just going to do it. How many of us would pick up and move in a moment's notice if God told us to? <clears throat> eee, that's a hard one, right? God told you right now, you know, pack up. Let's send you to Honduras to do some mission work. Most of us would have been like, let's talk about this. <clears throat> let's, let's negotiate the terms of my, my departure, right? <laughs> let's negotiate how this is going to work out and who's going to pay for it and, and who's going to be there that's going to help me. And, 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 and we would have 80 ands after that and then there would come the buts. But, 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 I can't do that. Joseph chose something completely different than this. He chose radical obedience. The same radical obedience that had led him to this point was the radical obedience that would lead him going forward. And you know, God had a special relationship with Joseph, and I never really caught that so much until I really got into this passage. Did you notice that God talks to Joseph three times through dreams with angels? Three times. When he tells him that he's going to have, that Mary's baby is from him, when he tells him that he needs to leave for Egypt, and when he tells him that he needs to return from Egypt. Look at those scriptures. Every single time an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. This was a special relationship. God understood that he was co-parenting with Joseph, that he was the heavenly father of Jesus and that this was the earthly father of Jesus and that he needed to work with him to be able to carry out his plans for Jesus' life. 
And Joseph learned that when God said do something, it meant do it now. God's timing is always perfect. God never shows up late. He always shows up at the right time. And this is really important because had Joseph waited, Herod might have gotten to Jesus. Had Joseph said, you know, we'll go in the morning in the, you know, when it's daylight, you know, when it's easier to plan, when we get some stuff together, when we get, a, you know, a caravan to join or something, we'll go. But instead, he leaves in the cover of night and obeys God's call. We need to learn to be like Joseph in our obedience. We need to learn to just trust that if God calls us to do something, if God says jump, we should only ask how high and in which direction. We shouldn't worry about anything else because if God calls us to something, he's already making a way for us to accomplish that. We got to pause here and just celebrate that God provided for the trip for Joseph and Mary. He had given them the gifts of the Magi of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, valuable and portable things that a young couple with a young baby could use to get to Egypt and get established until they could get themselves, you know, settled. It was so important for them to have this because had God told them to leave for Egypt and they didn't have these things, they might have not been able to get out of town. They might have not been able to afford moving. They might have not been able to afford even food. It's not like Joseph had money sitting around or Mary any money sitting around. The gifts of the Magi were what provided for the early life of Jesus and for the travel that was required to Egypt. Matthew points out that these things are unfolding as they are to fulfill prophecies about the Messiah, about Jesus. And this is really big in the Gospel of Matthew because Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. He's writing to Jews and he wants to show them that Jesus really was the Messiah. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, you hear a lot about this is a prophecy and this is being fulfilled in Jesus. This is something that was foretold and now it's coming to pass. Matthew's Gospel makes 16 references to fulfilled prophecies. 16. Do you know that that is more than all the other three Gospels combined in terms of prophecies fulfilled that Matthew calls out? More than all the other three Gospels combined. It shows you the emphasis of him showing that God has a plan and that God is unfolding that plan in Jesus' life and that everything that is happening is happening for a reason. Matthew also makes it a point to show us the life of Jesus and to show us how it parallels the life of Moses. You remember Moses? He escaped the killing of the newborns in Egypt by Pharaoh. And Jesus escapes the killing of the babies by Herod. Moses was taken to Egypt for a time and then he leaves Egypt and comes back as the one who will lead them out of slavery, deliver them from slavery in Egypt to lead them towards the promised land. And Jesus comes to lead the people out of sin 
and give them eternal life and salvation. You see all the parallels that are there? And, and Matthew is really good about pointing all of these out because he wants his Jewish audience to understand this is not some happenstance. This is not some coincidence. This is all part of God's plan to show that from the beginning he has been planning this plan of salvation out and that he has been delivering everything as promised. Well, the scripture tells us that Herod was not happy you see, no, when the, when the Magi didn't show back up to tell him where the baby Jesus was, he kind of put two and two together and figured out they weren't coming. He kind of figured out they had tricked him and they had gone home another way. And the scripture says that when that happened, he was infuriated and he sent soldiers out to Bethlehem and the surrounding area to kill all the children two years old or under according to the timing that he had learned from the Magi about the appearance of the star. Now, it's interesting that this tragedy is not recorded anywhere else in Scripture or outside of Scripture. And you would say, how could the killing of these infants not be recorded? Well, you have to understand, Bethlehem was a small city at the time. It would have been about 1,000 in population. So the amount of babies under two years old would have been small. And only those affected would have been really knowledgeable of what was going on, those that lost the babies. And Herod was known for being ruthless and vicious. This is a man who killed three of his sons because he felt threatened by them and a wife. So it would have been something within his character to do these things and cover his tracks and threaten everybody in the process that you're not going to tell anybody what's going on, and you're not going to make a fuss about this. This event was tragic. And Matthew tells us once again that it was foretold in Scripture. Well, Joseph got out just in the nick of time. And if there's something we need to learn from this Scripture is that God knows the seasons and the times of everything that has happened is happening and will happen. We serve a God that is in the past, the present, and the future all at once. And therefore, his timing is always perfect, and obeying him is always the best course of action. When Herod died, the scripture tells us that an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel for those who are seeking the child's life are dead. It was the all clear that Joseph had been waiting for. He was in a foreign land. There were some Jews in Egypt at the time, but it wasn't home. He was among Gentiles in a foreign country. And I'm sure that he was just waiting for that time to be able to return to Israel. But the scripture tells us that he did so with some fear and trepidation. You see, Herod was dead, but in his place, his son was ruling over the region of Judea. And he was worried that just like Herod had come after Jesus, Herod's son would do the same. So the scripture tells us that he, he wanted to figure out what to do, where to go, where to settle. And he was warned to go down to the district of Galilee 
to a town called Nazareth. You know, God even picked the place where Jesus was going to be raised. How do you like that? God even picked the place where he was going to grow up and from where he would be from. Everybody from there on would call him Jesus of Nazareth. He would be called a Nazarene. It would be something that people would be know him, know him for. And all along, Joseph is just relying on God's direction at every single step of the way. You know, we need to learn to trust God in that way that there's no big or small decision that we can't bring before God because God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. Where we're going to settle, what we're going to do, where we're going to spend our time, our money, our effort, everything is important to God. Joseph would always turn to God and say, what do I do next? And God would always reveal to him the next step. He wouldn't always give him everything down the path. He would say, this is the next step. And when Joseph would step in that direction and do what God told him to, then God would reveal the next step and the next step. He said, return from Egypt. And he did. And then he said, where do I go? And God said, here, go to Nazareth. But he had to first return from Egypt in order to get the instruction of where to go settle. He had to take the first step in trusting God before God took him to the next step and the next step and the next step. You know, Joseph didn't just take a map and throw a dart and say, okay, where are we going to live? Let's see where it lands. He said, let me trust God and ask God for direction. And God, again, used a dream. All along, Joseph trusted that God's direction was the best. Today, as we think about the scripture, as we think about this early chapter in Jesus' life, we are being invited to obey God and to look for his direction in all things, just like Joseph did. We're being invited to trust that God really does know everything and has our best interest at heart. We're being reminded that God's plan is still unfolding and that our part in it is simply to be obedient and to trust. I want you to understand Joseph was not required to go and do some special training or go and gather some special resources. He was simply invited to trust God in what God was calling him to. And God provided all that he needed to follow what God was calling him to do. I'm sure that there are many times along this journey that Joseph had questions. You ever had questions? You ever gone, Lord, really? How's that going to turn out? Lord, really? That direction? How is that going to turn out? This decision, how is that going to turn out? We are full of questions, but even though Joseph had all these questions, he always trusted that God already had the answers. He trusted that God already knew the path that he would take. He trusted that God had already prepared a way where there seemed to be no way. And that God would not let him down if he had called him to it. You know, when in doubt, trust God. Because his plan is always better than your plan. It sure worked for Joseph. And it sure worked for Jesus. And it sure will work for us. Jesus trusted God following the directions all the way through death. 
And where did it bring him? To be the resurrected Messiah of the world that defeated death and showed us the way to the Father. God's plan just is great. Now, if we'll only trust it, God will show us the way. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Joseph's obedient heart. I thank you for his willingness, Lord, to listen to you and to seek you out, Lord, for counsel. Every time he had to make a decision, every time he had to decide something in his life, he always turned to you, Lord, and trusted you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you'll help us to do the same, to always bring all things before you in prayer, to continue to worship you through the easy times and through the hard times, knowing, O oh Lord, that you're going to lead us through them, and knowing, Lord, that your plans are better than our plans. We thank you, Lord, for the call in our lives to follow you. Help us, Lord, to just do that every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar is always open if you need to seek that direction from God, if you need God to show you what he wants for you. Let us pray for you this morning. Let us worship.